We didn't tell anyone how the Friday the 13th show went. No, it went well. Moo <laughs> instead of boo. <laughs> I'm making you laugh so much today. I, I, I've yeah, never I, felt. I, I don't even think I'm being funny. I just think you're giggly. But you're it makes so me funny, feel good. <laughs> Thanks so much. Well, I'm hearing new jokes. I'm normally, we have some that we like kind of say at Filled most of the shows, and a lot of them we just let loose. But like, this is a yeah. lot of new. I'm new, material new material from my stand-up series that's <laughs> not ever happening. This is Two Girls, One Ghost. Two Girls, One Ghost. And we moved because Corinne had udders on our Friday the 13th show, and I was not there, but you Rocky looked at my, was. Rocky was. You said udders and then immediately looked at my boobs. It's hard not to. <laughs> I'm hiding them. Actually, I'm just hiding them. The unbuttoned jeans. The unbuttoned jeans. <laughs> so we, I think we talked about this in Encounters like two or three or something like that, but, or four. Anyway, what is time? What are numbers? What is girl math? It is us. We decided for the Friday the 13th show, which was in Wilmington, Delaware, to go. There are a lot of doors opening and closing. We are in a hotel, if mm-hmm. you can't tell. And it's raining outside and it's beautiful and perfect time to tell spooky stories. But we decided to go wander around the Walmart and pick outfits out for each other. Mm-hmm. It started as t-shirts, but they didn't have that many selections. So then it turned into like wigs also. And then so then I thought there were no rules. Sabrina and I went into Walmart. Sabrina said we're picking out funny t-shirts for each other. I kind of turned it to outfits. Yeah. So I walked in and I picked out a t-shirt. But then I walked through the wig section and I texted her. I said, let's also do wigs. So the rule was t-shirt and wigs. And Sabrina listened to none of that, even though she originally made the plan. I read your text as, could we open it up and do wigs to like a wig instead of a t-shirt that's how i interpreted it okay yeah Um, pretty sure if i look back it says tees and wigs but that's okay because but my my costume is one that i will wear again and again it is so soft i should have gotten myself one it's utterly perfect (laughs) she got me a cow onesie and it's so soft so we went on stage friday the 13th Mm-hmm. Not in our spooky robes like we normally are. And I could tell everyone was like, what's wrong with you? What happened? Yeah. And we were like, wait a second. There's bags on the stage because we we wrapped them up like a present. Mm-hmm. And then we unwrapped them. We'll put a video in here because I'm going to create like a little TikTok thing so we could put it into this as well. Yeah. Also, apologies to almost what? everyone in the crowd because when I bent over, my shirt was really loose and it was a V-neck and everyone could see my bra. I don't think you need to apologize. I, I think, think if I anything, do. you should be asking for more money. It's honestly more coverage than a swimsuit, so. Yeah. I always think about that. How come How come it's fine for us to be parading around in bathing suits, but the second a woman posts a photo in like her bra and lingerie, it's like, oh, that's so scandalous. They're basically posting porn. I don't know. It's messed up, but we apologies for those who didn't. Just become never nudes and wear cow onesies. Cow onesies. Sabrina unwrapped hers. I got her a... Graphic tee that said, what a time to be alive. With, Ooh, what a time to be alive. With Skeletor on it. Mm-hmm. And, and then a red rocker wig, which looked way more intense than it did in it the photo scary. on the wig back. I didn't get to know what it looked like until after I got off stage. <laughs> and that's, that is a, a, a feeling that I don't know that I will ever be able to describe to you. So I highly recommend go to a public place with no mirrors and stand in front of everyone for 90 minutes with a wig that someone hands to you and then go check yourself out in the bathroom afterwards and be like, oh. It was fun. It was. Someone I got described you a chil- it. 
Someone described oh. it as one of those like static balls. Yeah, it did look like <laughs> that. It was wild. And then I also got you a skull choker, which we had some trouble getting open. But shout out to Layla in the crowd. I think she and her family was yeah. in this. They were in the second row. She was yeah. like, hey, hand it over here. I've got you. And she did. And she did. Okay. So I am really actually, I want to give one of our listeners a real pat on the back. Okay. Because we often ask for people to follow up and give us updates. And we almost never get them. But we got one. So this is actually kind of a recent update. So we read this on Encounters 202. And this was the story all about Nicole and the neighbor that came over and was like terrified of their house. And all of a sudden was like, never mind, and got up and left. Yes. And then yes. Robert the doll came in an unmarked package yes. to Nicole's house. Okay. This was recent. Yeah. So I asked for an update and Nicole said, hello, ladies. Here's the update you've been asking for. The neighbors haven't had any activity because they had a paranormal group come in and investigate their house in which they found out there was a portal in their front yard, which explains the passing and going of some spirits. Us, however, have still experienced little things here and there, such as knocking on our windows in the living room and our front door, despite no one being out there. I refuse to open the door and I just check the security cameras and sure enough, no one's there. My son has not had any more vivid dreams like that anymore. I put sage, lavender, and a couple little protection trinkets in his room. Robert the doll still lives in the home and honestly brings peace to my oldest daughter who claims Robert keeps the bad things away. Wow. That's a big statement. Which is great. Hell yes. yeah. But um, one I've never heard. Yeah. <laughs> I guess Well, I guess we've only heard bad stories of people who have like not been kind to Robert. Mm, that's true. And... This is a replica of Robert the Doll. And also, if they are now owning a portal, there's probably a lot of spirits just coming, coming through. And, and if they're yeah. a welcoming and open group, then I understand that. Yeah. As for the six-foot black shadow man that she sees standing in her door at night, she actually claims that Robert does not allow him to come inside the room. Oh, my gosh. Wait, this is big. Yeah. Robert. I've taken Robert to be blessed and looked at by a fellow witch who runs the local witchy store in town, and she claims an ancestor from my past life resides in this doll and is here to protect and not cause harm. She also explained that the doll came from an old friend of said past life. Since all of these encounters, I've actually gotten a part-time job as a ghost hunter with a group who travels all around Florida in hopes of helping those just like my neighbor reclaim their home and their lives. Love wow. you, girls. Hope this was a good enough update. Nicole. That uh, is so good. I Nicole, are we going to see you when we're in Florida? Because I hope so. Can we join your group? I know. This, and meet Robert? This also makes me think, I like to just picture their relative from a past life, just watching all of the stuff happen in this like neighborhood and the neighbor's yeah. And the yard and everything. And it was just like, send me in. Send me in. I need to Put help. Put me in, coach. And they're like, how are you going to get in here? And they're like, idea. We send an unmarked package. I'm in a doll. Someone's like, that's a terrible idea. That will never work. And they're sure like, enough. it will. It will. Well, and it's interesting. Because it I almost wonder, because it, it sounds like someone from past life is protecting Nicole's daughter and the family in the doll. Mm -hmm. But it's a different old friend from that past life who sent it. Does that mean that old friend from a past life is living currently in this life and maybe had like a weird moment where it was like, I'm going to buy this doll and meant to send it to one address and actually sent it to Nicole's address because of their past life connection. <gasps> so weird. I know because it was specifically to their address. Yeah. It's not like it was misdelivered. Right. But it had no return. No return. Address or anything. 
I don't know, but I'm very glad that Nicole's neighbor is no longer possessed. Me too. My God. That's a tough situation. You know, people talk about nosy neighbors, bad neighbors. It's not often that you hear about possessed ones. So no. Glad that's over. But we have gotten quite a few emails, actually. I have one saved in my personal folder of like, my mom thinks our neighbors are evil. So stay tuned. I guess it does happen more than we (laughs) think. Okay. This is sent in from Jendi. <gasps> we met Jendi. We finally did in person. We've met online multiple times on Campfire Stories, but we met Jendi at one of our live shows and answered our call to action for teeth. Teeth. So we have 3D printed teeth necklaces yeah, they're not with a lot teeth. of protective crystals, yeah. but they do still yellow like they're real teeth. Yeah. Okay. What okay. did Jendi say? The almost possession of Jendi is what it's called. I like that it's written in third person because then it's like almost like the spirit who tried to possess Jendi is mm-hmm. writing it. And also, let me tell you this. Okay. we She must have told us about this on Campfire Stories and we must have real time fought over the story because when I went into my personal folder, I saw you also had it in your personal folder. So we both at the same time must have tried to claim it. So now I am. You stole it? No, it was already in mine. I think you stole it. I think you stole it. Hello, ghost. Have you been? Have we been spending a lot of time with each other? <laughs> the, the like sister rivalry has come back. <laughs> oh, I'm not going to laugh at any more of your jokes. <laughs> Fine, I'm not laughing at you either. That's impossible. I'm hilarious. <laughs> yeah, you are. I know. <laughs> so true. Okay. I'm sorry for being rivals with you for a moment. I love you. <laughs> That's okay. okay. I, love you. <laughs> I didn't take it personally. Okay, good. Hello, Ghost, and of course, Corinne and Sabrina as well. Jendi here, writing to you from the land of the not deer and the flesh pedestrians. Right. I've managed finally to sit down still long enough to write this email, hopefully. That is, unless this is some strange dream born of sleep deprivation and too much retail work, which is entirely possible. It is. Even if it is, hopefully the dream podcast version of Two Girls, One Ghost will enjoy this. Well, if this is the dream version of us, it's, we're having a great time. Yeah, we are. The year was 2001. I just graduated high school a year prior and had recently freed myself of a terrible and corrupt job wherein one of the duties was using what amounted to a staple gun on the ears of screaming, terrified children. Claire's, Claire's? Oh, <laughs> not a fun place to work. <laughs> I, I immediately thought Claire's too. We know. Uh. <laughs> I was one of those screaming, crying children. Really? Yeah. How I'm, old I'm are you? I'm so scared. <sighs> I must have been in like fifth or sixth grade or fourth grade. I don't remember. It was like a cousin trip. Me and Mallory and Lainey all went and got our- Your ears pierced? Ears pierced. Or at least me and Mallory did. I think Lainey did too at the same time. I don't know. It was I got mine pierced when I was- uh, My first ones when I was a baby and then I did my other two drunkenly in high school and that's why they're very uneven. (laughs) Who wants to pierce my ears backstage? It's a. It feels right that that's how you got your, your yeah. second ones. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Claire's was not a fun place to work. It was a liminal time as I'd not yet decided to go off to a four-year university, instead opting to enroll in a local community college in the fall. That left me with plenty of time to myself. I spent my days hanging out at my friend Kay's house, watching classic horror movies, 
having vegetarian picnics in the cemetery, and driving up to Skyline Drive in her trusty purple 1970s Super Beetle. I'm I'm picturing this so perfectly. Me too. I love. It was a comfortable sort of spring with cool nights and warm days, the summer humidity having not crept in with that oppressive heat. On this particular evening, I was at Kay's house. She rented the upstairs and shared it with several cats. This is your dream. Am I Kay? Are you Kay? I wish. Uh, am I Jendi? <laughs> Except for you wouldn't be hanging out with me in Kay's place. No. Our friend Sandy had come to visit as well, and we were sitting around the living room talking about magic while burning kyphi, kiffy, incense, K-Y-P-H-I, incense, and listening to the Dune soundtrack, the old 1984 David Lynch version. Mm, I remember David Lynch. Mm-hmm, I remember these details very clearly, as well as the moment the feeling began. It began like a moth fluttering against the window, soft, gentle, unobtrusive. Denny's a great writer. I know. I could feel it, but not physically. This was a purely mental feeling. I was 19 at the time, an age which, even in the best of times, is still rife with bouts of melancholy, so the sudden feeling of listlessness was not out of the ordinary for me. The only indication that something was strange was the continued moth-wing feeling as though something was testing the edges of my mind. I remember thinking to myself that I should just lie down on the couch, that no one actually cared if I disappeared. Oh, Tendi. <laughs> the feeling seemed to wrap around me and grip me, and then the moth wings changed to something more like hooks trying to find a way in. Oh, it's like worms. Mm-hmm. That was when the convulsions began. It wasn't shaking so much as sudden waves of something moving me, causing my back to bow and my whole body to jump off of the couch. We had to put a pillow behind my head because I just kept hitting it on the wooden backrest. <gasps> it's like, talk to me. I know. Oh my gosh, Jendi. <laughs> this is so scary. I literally did fast forward that part of the movie. At first, the spasms were so strong that I couldn't speak. I managed to sign for water though, as I was horribly thirsty for no reason. My friends were understandably worried. They brought me water and I drank the entire glass down in seconds. I don't remember if I spilled it all over myself at this point. I was really just too busy being terrified. This continued for what felt like forever, but it was only five to 10 minutes. That's a really long time That's though. That's still, yeah. It was utterly terrifying not being able to communicate, knowing that something was trying to get in. I may not have been able to speak for that time, but inside my mind, I was doing battle with whatever was trying to overtake me. After a time, I finally managed to get enough of an upper hand that I could speak and I let my friends know what was happening. The spasms were less frequent by then, giving me a minute or so of stillness before starting up again. Oh my God. This sounds like so many of the possessions too, like in movies too, where like the person kind of comes to or is taking a break and you can see the terror. But Jenny's so aware and conscious of all of it too, in her, like trapped in her mind. (sighs) I remember at one point joking because what the hell else do you do at this point? (laughs) that it was a good thing I wasn't vomiting pea soup. (laughs) And then another spasm hit me and turned me entirely around so my back was now to my friends. It was as though I had levitated momentarily to do so. (gasps) Oh my gosh. I can't even imagine like being Jendi, but then also witnessing all of this. I know. I was still thirsty, but now my friends knew to add certain herbs to the water to help me fight off whatever this thing was. The spasms became less frequent over the next hour as I continued to fight the entity. Then finally, they stopped altogether. I was still thirsty, but now my friends knew to add certain herbs to the water to help me fight off whatever this thing was. 
The spasms became less frequent over the next hours as I continued to fight the entity. Then, finally, they stopped altogether. The next hour? The next hour. I wish I could say there was some grand finale to this experience that I was able to vanquish the demon once and for all, but really, I think it just got bored and it gave up. It tried again <gasps> briefly the next day, but I was ready for it at that point. What Badass. fuck? To this day, I don't know exactly what it was. The house Kay was renting was in a strange and older part of Charlottesville, but it was a relatively new house. Could it have had something to do with the Book of Going Forth by Day, also known as the Book of the Dead? Mm. Kay had an interest in ancient Egyptian mysticism, and I had been oh. reading her copy around that time. The kaifi, kif, kaifi incense may have played a part as well. I'm sure I'll never know. What I do know is that it remains one of the most terrifying paranormal incidents that I have ever experienced. So much so that for years afterwards, I wore black onyx for protection, which I think Jenny put also in our teeth necklaces. I've learned a lot about protecting myself in my 21 years since my near possession, though that's not to say that I've always been careful when dealing with paranormal since. Mm. Perhaps I'll yeah. write more in another email because there are so many stories before and after this one. I hope you enjoyed reading this and I'd love to someday hear it on the podcast. Sweet dreams, pleasant nightmares, and remember, there's nothing to be afraid of in the darkness, except what's watching you except from your open closet. <laughs> Made you look, Jendi. <laughs> I was like, I accept everything? <laughs> Jendi, what the fuck? My God. I know. Okay, and also, Jendi, for those of you who do not know, every time we have campfire stories, which is a available to everyone on patreon sometimes people like don't really have stories and jendy we always know we can be like jendy yeah jendy is like can i come up again can i come up again can i come up again well we're all like i'm jendy. also like is jendy here yeah <laughs> because there's a lull and we need one jendy. more jendy stories every time every time jendy and eric are probably like the two people that have maybe the most stories that we hear from on campfire stories or at least the two people who tell us that they have stories because, my Lord, have we met so many people my Lord. who never come on stage, who never email us, and then we meet them at the live show and they're like telling us some horrifying tales. Here's what I will say about that. There are probably so many of you listening to this and they're like, oh, I've never had anything like that happen to me or I don't have many ghost stories. I just have a couple small things that have happened. And then you tell us those small things and we're like, what the heck? That's crazy. It's That's small so, to you. Yeah. It's so definitely something to us. You can send us, truly, your email can be two sentences and just, just send it to us. Okay. I have an email. This is a story from our listener, Michelle, and it is called My Husband Witness an Exorcism at Church Camp. Oh. Hey, ladies. I'm a huge fan of the podcast and I have been binge listening and I just listened to the Domus episode, which, by the way, freaked me the fuck out. Um, <laughs> you and everyone else. Us yeah. too. Us too. Anyway, it reminded me of a story my husband told me when he was a kid. I have never experienced anything significant, but I've always been fascinated by the paranormal and all things spooky. Before my husband and I got married, we were talking about ghost stories, and he told me so many stories regarding himself and his family members. Let me tell you, his family has some bad juju. Uh-oh. But this is one of the freakiest stories and has stuck with me and stuck with him the most. I told him that I wanted to share this story with you guys, and he agreed to write it out. So here it is from his point of view. Great. Every summer, my parents would send my older brother, my older sister, and I to church camp. Even I knew as a kid that our church was strange. 
They were a strict Christian church who would speak in tongues, and freaky things were tied to families and members of the church. The only reason we went was because my parents were divorced and my dad would have us go with our grandma to church every week. Well, when I was in fourth grade, we went to church camp as we did every year. Mind you, this camp is in the middle of fucking nowhere, about five hours from my home and in the middle of the woods. Every night they did worship, which was on this sort of stage up on the hill away from the rest of the camp. So while we were all up there, the priest asked if anyone wanted to say anything. And this girl, who I'm going to call Sam, who was only a year or so older than me, walked up onto stage and asked if we could all pray for her. She said that she was just told that she may have a brain tumor, but was still waiting on tests and would really appreciate good vibes and prayers. The elders walked up and joined her and the priests on stage all started praying. By the way, I'm sitting front row, which is a big fucking mistake. (laughs) While they're praying. Or best seat in the house. We all hear a loud sound and Sam drops to the ground. (gasps) She starts convulsing while the elders and the priests are trying to help. Right then, I shit you not, she lets out a deep, guttural, manly, no. (gasps) No, stop. This is so freaky. Nine-year-old me is freaking the fuck out. My youth group leader is standing next to me and told me that if I'm saved, then I have nothing to worry about. And all I'm thinking is, fuck, I don't know if I'm saved. And he tells me not to look at her. Instead, keep my head down and pray. But of course, now that he said this, all I want to do is look. I have to get my head down, but I lift my eyes enough to get a glimpse at her. And she's laying on her back, screaming as the men are trying to hold her down and say prayers at her. But a split second after I look at her, she snaps her head over to me, her eyes black as night, and she starts screaming louder. Apparently, this, of all things, is the moment that they realize they shouldn't have children present, so they tell the rest of us to go back to their cabins. We were walked back down the dark hill to our cabins. I apparently woke the whole cabin up screaming and told anyone that came near me to stay away, but I don't remember that. Oh my gosh. However, they did say they gave me a medicine to sleep. So the next morning, (laughs) we were in the cafeteria having breakfast, and Sam walks in. She had a very different vibe about her. She seemed like a completely different person than she did the night before. She was happy and seemed peaceful. And when asked about the situation, what had happened the night before, she had no recollection of it. Although I would have never wanted to go back to camp again, my parents did keep sending me But that's the only experience like that. Needless to say, it stuck with me forever. Michelle says, my husband has so many other crazy stories, but I figured after listening to the Possession Dominus episode, this one was the one I should send. After he told me all these stories, I told him we needed to have a talk with a man upstairs before we got married. And of course, after we moved in together, I started experiencing things that I have never ever before, such as sleep paralysis and strange sounds that don't have any logical explanation. Now, our daughter will sometimes say hi to something behind me, uh, but luckily nothing bad has happened. Fingers crossed it stays that way. Time to go stage something. Michelle. Wow. Michelle. (laughs) That is so scary. I also am like, so Michelle didn't remember saying all that stuff and like, get away from me. Michelle's husband. Michelle's husband. Yes. Didn't remember saying get away from me. But I do wonder if he was so scared that he blocked out the memory right. or if like truly it was his own like soul kind of coming more like if something else was coming out of him. <sighs> I mean, from the, something older than like to protect he, him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the way he describes the girl, Sam, 
turning to look at him in her eyes, like kind of staring back at him, mm-hmm. the like fully black eyes. I imagine, yeah, his soul basically faced whatever darkness it was. Yeah. Oh, I can't believe Sam doesn't remember anything. It's so scary. I am really not glad. Asking, not remembering asking for help either. Yeah, none of it. That's freaky. I hope Sam's okay. I know, me too. Especially if they thought that she had a brain tumor too. I, I hope I hope I not. How did we end up with two near possessions slash possessions? Well, I know how I got here. <laughs> Jendi, you led me here. Dang. I would, I would say my dad and my sister led me here. My <laughs> upbringing. <laughs> there are a lot of influences uh, in your life. There are. Wow. Okay. Um, Someone yesterday at the Wilmington, Delaware meet and greet was like, oh, yeah, I have demons that just follow me around. And we're like, good ones, bad ones. She goes, mm, both. They're just, it happens. I'm like, what? Yeah. I guess that's how you deal with it. You just... it. What is she going to explain to us in the no, but I, short amount sure. of time we have? But that's an example of someone who needs to be emailing us. Exactly. Okay. Rid yourself of your demons by attaching them to an email and directing them. <laughs> the story, not the real demons. Though. Yes. <laughs> okay. This is called hopped into another dimension. Then they kicked me out. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't want you. Hi, ghostesses. I'm Tiffany. Feel free to hey. use my name. I recently found your podcast and I've been binging every episode so far. I'm a college student, a single mom, and a business owner. So funnily enough, stories about ghosts and strange encounters are part of my relaxation and wind down moments. I love it. You get it. Yes. I have a strange dimension slash timeline hopping story that happened while I was lucid dreaming recently. So many of you are lucid dreaming out there. I know. I've experienced hopping into different timelines in my dreams before, like seeing glimpses of what my life would be like. And hating it if I stayed together with my daughter's dad. But this one felt like I was submerged in a whole other dimension. Whoa. A dimension that did not want me to be there. Okay. So, okay. In the dream, I was at this big festival with an indoor slash outdoor event space with tons of people around me. And soon I recognized I was able to control my actions as well as my thoughts. And I began to notice how things just felt off. I was walking around and people began to stare at me as if they could tell that I wasn't supposed to be there, even though everyone appeared to be human, for now. It's so Coraline-y. I know. Something still felt off to me. So I began to feel creeped out, and I noticed that there were people in the audience trying to come after me. They were chasing me, and I was getting that feeling that I was just not welcomed in this dimension. <laughs> just getting the feeling? Just, or, yeah. I don't know. I think you're picking up on the vibes pretty <laughs> clearly. Pretty here. straightforward. <laughs> <laughs> I managed to get away from the first few people by losing them in the crowd, but as I made a beeline to the back door exit, there was a guard waiting there for me. I darted the opposite direction. At this point, all eyes were on me and I felt myself beginning to panic. However, I knew that this was a dream. I began going up to people and saying, this is a dream. And you know, this is a dream, right? It isn't real. I began screaming it in people's faces just to see how they would react. And this is almost <gasps> the creepiest part. What? Once I said that out loud, Everyone just had these blank stares. It looked like they were all staring at me, but up close, they were looking off into the distance, almost as if a switch had turned off and they knew. If you've watched WandaVision, they were all acting like the people that Wanda brought in and put under a spell when she made up her town. They all had glossed over eyes and they weren't looking quite directly at me. They also stopped moving. That's what happens when I dissociate. (laughs) It was a huge group doing it too. I was getting even more scared and wondering what was happening. 
After a while of screaming and seeing that everyone had shut off, a big entity swooped down from the ceiling. It was like a Dementor. It swooped down so quickly that the energy knocked me off of my feet and I landed on my back. It began to suck the energy from me. What the heck? Or that's what it felt like. Just like a Dementor's kiss. And then, da da da, I instantly woke up back in my bedroom. Like it kicked me out of that dimension. For whatever reason, they just didn't want me there. It was almost like they tried to get the citizens to boot me out, but then that didn't work. So then they had to call on some spiritual force or entity to kick me out spirit style. I still have no idea what happened, and I still think about that dream. I think others have also mentioned that when they tell people in their dreams that they are in a dream, they start acting funny or uncomfortable. It was such a bizarre feeling. Thank you. Can't wait for new episodes. Love, Tiffany. All I will say, Tiffany, is it sounds like you're better off being kicked out of that dimension. I know. I don't know that you would want to spend any more time there. It reminds me of that Area 51 story that you had told me about, that woman who had astral projected to Area 51 and there were security guards. Yeah, the like spectral, spiritual yeah, bodyguards. Like, You're not like, allowed yeah. here. Yeah, and would like chased her through yeah. different like dimensions and timelines Yeah, like, or like through the astral plane and she was trying to like hop different places. But it is so weird. It's like, what is this dimension or like what is this dream space? What is this astral? Who are these actors? Who are these people? <laughs> And who's paying them? I really love the theory, and I've always wanted to write a movie about this, where it's like, it's kind of inception-y, but like, Mm -hmm. where when you fall asleep, you actually, your dreams are living, you're actually living another life. Yeah. And so I very much do feel like- Have you read the book in five years? No. Oh, you should. I feel like we've had this same conversation like four times. Probably Where I, I think every time I tell you, oh, you should read that book. And I haven't. <laughs> I need to. Actually, someone at backstage yesterday recommended House of Leaves. House of Leaves. Which is like a- I've heard of it. Kind of like horror thriller yeah. type of book. So adding that to my list and um, in five years. Also, yeah, this story is kind of reminding me of Barbie. <laughs> the Barbie movie. Yeah. Because it's like- Barb, the Barbies do sometimes go to the human world, like another dimension. And then there's... But they're not supposed to. Yeah. And everyone's acting weird towards them because it's it's someone different. Like Barbie's acting different. Yeah. And so humans are acting different around Barbie. Like it's all weird. And then, yeah, there's people after them trying to boot them back to their own world. Can I tell you something? You're a Barbie? <laughs> are you Dolphin Barbie? What was mm. the joke about the Dolphin Barbie in the movie? It was funny. I enjoyed the Barbie movie. You didn't like it? I didn't love it. It was fun. Don't get me Hot wrong. Take. And I know, but yeah. But as a movie critic myself, I would I would not be like, oh, that changed movies for me. Interesting. I think it was trying I to do too much. I think that was almost like the point. It was like the, just like the chaos of life and womanhood and people and how like cliche and dumb it is. That part I like things occur but i have to give commentary on everything and that there's the pressure to yeah but i feel like they could have had the through line be a little bit more consistent okay agree to disagree i freaking loved it okay i thought it was brilliant i loved it too i'm not saying i didn't like it i just don't think it changed my life movie wise Mm. okay i might accidentally be doing what this person did because i feel like a lot of people get mad at me for that hot take and our listener, Alma, 
has a story called Accidental Hex Story, which I may have just done to myself. <laughs> Greta Gerwig is coming for you. Ugh, I love Greta. This is called Accidental Hex Story. Hey, girls. My name's Alma, and my boss plays your podcast all the time at work. Heck yeah. So lots of love from the 4th Ave Deli. Ooh, where's that? That sounds yeah. like a place I would like to go. <laughs> Fourth Avenue Deli. That's okay. But yes, let's where? Fourth where are Ave. you? Yeah, there's a lot of Fourth Ave yeah. out there. A lot of delis. I wanted to come on here and tell you some of the unexplained things I've encountered. I've always felt like I'm spiritually inclined. As a kid, I had weird dreams. I heard noises. I saw unexplained things and that has persisted into adulthood. I have premonitions often, usually pretty small. Like I would be humming a song and then that song would play on the radio. But one time I predicted my cousins getting into a car crash without any prior knowledge. But today I wanted to talk about one story in particular. It's a little bit lighthearted and my family has a good laugh at the situation. Okay, good. So the name of this story is, Honey, I Hexed My Dad. <laughs> this story happened about a year ago. The way my family works is we have four people, two kids, two parents, and we're all grown. So we all have cars. But we have a two-car garage, so usually we have two cars in the garage and two in the driveway. Because of this, we often have to move people's cars in and out of the driveway to get cars out of the garage. Since this is common, we all keep our car keys on the dining table. So if someone needs to move a car, they can do that, put the keys back on the table, etc. Well, this particular day, my dad needed to move my car, so he took my keys and moved my car. But instead of putting the keys back on the table, he pocketed them and took off. <laughs> I woke up later and needed to go to school, but my keys were nowhere to be found. I called my dad, but he wasn't picking up because my dad was supposed to be getting on a plane for a four-day conference out of state. Great. I was totally screwed because at the time, I had full-time school plus two jobs, which meant I had four days full of Ubers and begging for rides from anybody. Luckily, I had my grandma take me to school, and then I just walked to my first job. But in the Uber on my way to my second job around 5 p.m.-ish, I distinctly remember sitting there thinking, I hope my dad is having as bad of a week as I'm having. Oh, oh no. So the weekends and my dad arrives home and we all ask him how the trip was. And he immediately tells us it was one of the worst trips he's ever had. According to my dad, he got on the plane, he landed, he got to the hotel and everything was fine. He took out all of his stuff, put his clothes in the drawers, got everything situated, took a nap. And when he woke up around 6 or 7 p.m., he found cockroaches everywhere. Oh, gross. Everywhere. They everywhere. Fly. I almost like don't want to read the list. Read it. Okay. On the nightstand, on the TV stand, in the drawers, inside all of his clothes, in the bathroom, <sighs> in the sinks, the tub, the counter, just a straight up infestation. A swarm of cockroaches. My dad immediately went to the front desk because it was a conference. All of the rooms were booked. So he had to use his own money to go to a hotel nearby and had a walk in over 100 degree heat to get to the conference center. I jokingly told him, that's what happens when you steal my keys. And now my family laughs and says, don't mess with Alma or she'll send the roaches on you. <laughs> so yeah, thanks for reading. Keep up the great work, ladies, and see you on the other side. What's, Words have power, they baby. They do. But what's so gross and so creepy is that this whole hotel is totally booked for this conference. And only Alma's that dad, one the one has room, an infestation. And within hours of him getting there and taking a nap, he wakes up and every surface is covered. Oh, it's his daughter's fault. 
I almost want to say it's not. I want to say like there's something else dark happening. You think? Yeah, because that does seem really extreme. And I'm sure that's not the only time she's ever thought like, oh, this I feel so unlucky. I hope someone else feels this way too. Right. That is really freaky though. And I'm curious the hotel's response in terms of like their explanation for why there were so many cockroaches. I have no idea. I literally once there was a cockroach in the shower at a hotel and I had to call down to have them come dispose of it and they gave me the room for free. Really? Yeah. That's better than a hotel trying to gaslight me into saying that there were no bed bugs when there were literally like dead smeared bed bugs everywhere and I got bit. No, that is terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any stories where beds were in your bu- <laughs> beds, beds were, were in, in your bugs? Bugs, <laughs> bugs Tell were in us. your beds. Tell us about your your beds and your bugs. Your spider, your bug drama. Actually, I don't know. I don't know that I want any more of that. I have enough of my own. The worms in my cereal is the one that still gets me. <sighs> okay. Horrifying, horrifying tales. Thank you, everyone, for emailing us. If you have any stories that you would like to share with us, our email is two girls one ghost podcast at gmail.com. We have one more week of tour left, I think. By the time this comes out. That's so sad. But also, if you haven't gotten your tickets yet, please come. Come see us. We have really big venues that we're playing at the end, so probably there might be some tickets left. I really want to go to um, Bona Casita... Fuck. The um, South Park one. Casita Bonita. In Vegas? No, in Denver. Oh, in Denver? Casa Bonita. Maybe that's what it's called. Casa Bonita. Yeah, apparently they're great employers. There's like cliff divers. And it's almost like Rainforest Cafe. Pay for everyone's health insurance. Yeah. So so let's go. You're there for the entertainment. The HR part of me is coming out. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're going to go to Zach Bagan's museum. It's gonna There's a be lot spooky. of fun things. Hopefully our equipment is popping at the end. But not popping in like a, oh, I thought you meant like this kind of popping, like this equipment. But you mean ghost equipment. Ghost equipment. Yeah. Oh, you that want it's like, like lighten up. But with good things. That is active. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully with good things. Ghost party. So we'll we'll see you there. Have to go do our show tonight. We do. We are. We have to be there in 10 minutes. Gotta go. (laughs) GTG. This feels like those TikToks where they're like, I have 30 minutes to get ready for an event. But like, actually, we're, we like should have left five minutes ago. We're going to be late. Okay. Uh, Thank you to all of you for listening. We love you all so much. Thank you, Christina, for editing. We are so grateful for everyone who just consistently shows up. We love you. And we will see you on the other side. Very spooky.